Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And this is what tonight will be my 36th podcast. Wow. UK Film Review. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't think it was that many, actually, until I sold it all up. Gosh, I don't even know how you've done that many. You must have been doing them like one eye my back turned. You're releasing episodes, <laughs> just go well, with you. you. you yeah, yeah, could just just be be my by myself, just one long monologue. You know, me talking about Michael Caine, probably. Well, yeah. I mean that that would be a show in itself. Just you every week, <laughs> just talking about Michael Caine. I'd listen. I'd listen. Oh well, yeah, thank. I know you would, Chris. <laughs> well, I have but, to. I'm actually legally obliged to listen. But yeah, of course you are. Yeah. yeah, you are the you are the governor after all, aren't you? Yeah. Well, actually, I say that. Um, uh, announcement: It does not stop with me. I'm not the buck. Uh, if anyone on this podcast or otherwise says something illegal, they are responsible. <laughs> uh, do not so hold me accountable. So we're supposed to point that out, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, think yeah. About it, just in case. So, so everyone's because you think it's implied, but it's not. You know, people think that I, you know, I, um, I'm here with a big censorship pen, but I'm really not. I just kind of let people crack on, and then I, I react if there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, it's not like you can sit there with a pause button or a, or a delete button when someone says something, and there's a three second delay on it, or when you can just go bang, stop it, just like that. Stop it. <clears throat> I mean, I wish I had that in life, but yeah, it's definitely not on the podcast. So. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, well, wouldn't wouldn't that be revolutionary? Wouldn't it? if we could just <laughs> pause for a second, rewind, go back? Can we do that again? You know, that's like, that'd be great, wouldn't it? If we could do that in life. Be lovely. Mm. If only we could rewind to the festival. That would be nice to go back and watch all those films again. Of course um, it would, yeah. That's I, my little uh, little segue there. That, that worked quite well, I thought. Yeah, I think so. That's Seem, as seamless as always. Uh, as, as far as segues go, it's top six in the Premier League, I think. Yeah. Um, so this is the last festival show. Um, we're reviewing the final six films that haven't been reviewed yet. And... 
obviously going to take this opportunity to thank everyone yet again. I do that every show. Um, Why not? Copious well. amounts of, of thanking. Um, we will also be announcing some winners in this episode, um, which have been tied up, and we will be, yeah, saying those. Uh, some have already been announced, such as the best horror, best LGBTQ+, and best doc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got some other winners to be released. I'm not sure which order they're going to come out in, but in this episode, we'll be announcing the winner of best feature, best comedy, and hopefully best short film. Um, it's, <laughs> best short film is, uh, is incredibly difficult. Um, We'll have to deliberate a little bit about that. Um, well, it's not an easy one, is it, really? To It's probably the most lively and active category of all, isn't it? Yeah, and even, sure. yeah, we're reviewing six films tonight, all of which are in that category. Um, mm. And, yeah, <laughs> they're all really good as well. So yeah. it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult, but um, we'll have to uh, we'll have to make a, a decision. Um, sorry, we're also going to do best comedy, I believe, in this episode. But mm. uh, the films we're going to review, we're going to review six, not our usual five. We just we have mm. we have six left, so we're going to do them all in this episode. So it's a it's a bumper pack this episode. Yes. We're going for a lot. Um, yeah. Poor Brian, we're going to. Well, <laughs> you're thirty six episodes. You know, you're used to it now. Actually, you're pretty. Um, well, pretty, uh, pretty good with this now. Aren't you stamina, veteran, veteran status. Do you think? I think yeah. so. You you do more than me. I, I tend to just listen, really. I'm just listening at this point. Um, you oversee, don't you? I do. Supervise. Yeah. I, I like to stand around the perimeter with a gun just to make sure if anyone tries to get away. <laughs> yeah, that's the way, yeah. way to do it. That's how I have to do Keep it. Keep them in line. Um, first up, we're going to review a short film from the UK directed by Shiroz Khan called Queen of Diamonds. Now, Brian... Yes. This was a particularly enjoyable film, don't you think? It was. Yeah, um, it was. Do you feel comfortable um, giving the, the synopsis? Okay, yeah, of course. So Queen of Diamonds is a story uh, about a couple, Paul and Ali, and who basically sit down on Granite Shell to rake over the coals of a dying relationship, basically. They met, fell in love as teenagers, but they gradually grown apart that perhaps it's the growing process that that's forced them apart but as they talk and the sun goes down they they review their relationship and try to understand where where they've changed how they've diverged how they've gone down different paths and they've reached the stage where they need they feel they need to break up and I found it a very touching and very sad story in some ways. This is what I think constitutes very good writing and very good direction because they're creating characters that you care about. Because for me, as the story unfolded, I began to really like Paula and Ali, the, the two main characters. They're such nice people and you start rooting for them. You think, oh, what a shame. Two such nice people and they're breaking up because they're convinced that they'll be happier apart than they would be together. And you kind of, as I say, you start rooting for them. You think, I hope they can sort it out. <laughs> but <laughs> but in life, you know, some things do come to an end. And I, I think it's a, a very likable, real, attractive tale. Featuring characters that you really like and really care about. 
very good filmmaking, very effective. And also the director, Cheryl's Khan, also directed another short feature that's in the festival, Man to Man, which was also excellent. And you can see the the quality in direction there in, in both pieces. But I found Queen of Diamonds a very, very, very good short film. Yeah, I think it's um, you're right about Khan as a filmmaker. He, he knows how to get intimate and he knows how to really get you to embrace the characters that he's putting on screen, uh, both stories being very different, but similar in a way in the sense that you've got um, likeable characters and um, a conflict that's sort of being unfurled, I think, is the sort of way I would say. But what's interesting about uh, Queen of Diamonds is, even though it's a breakup film, the it's not like a fire and all kind of breakup. It's, it's a, a very um, sort of quiet and humble kind of film where the characters are, as you say, they're not so far apart from being a successful couple. It's like almost everything about it is like, they've got these minor cracks, these small yeah. bits that, okay, they're not the big things. It's not like, some dramas where the characters are having a blazing row and things like mm. that. But this actually in some ways feels more tragic in the sense, like you yeah. say, you do root for them. You do wonder if they can sort of patch things up because the, the things aren't necessarily so major that they're never going to get over yeah. them. But it's almost like mm. intrinsically difficult for these two characters yeah. because yeah. of that. This is all built up over a long period of time. And even though yeah. they are, what you could you know, say they are friends and they, they have a good banter between each other. It's just yeah. that it's not going to work. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, I actually came off, came off it feeling quite charmed. I was charmed by the film, yeah, but I also absolutely. felt quite sad. I felt yeah. it was a, it did move me and it did, I did feel it, that I wanted the, these characters and wanted to know more about what was going on. Yeah. It's a, it's really a civilized breakup, isn't it? It's yeah. a story of a civilized breakup. And there are very few of those, if we're really honest about it. When a relationship breaks up, there is a fair amount of angerness, anger, bitterness, acrimony. You know, that's what you associate with a breakup usually. But this is very civilized, very measured and honest. And that's what makes it even more charming because you would, you know, if you were filming a story like this, you would imagine it would be much uh, more fierce much more angry, but it's not. Because sometimes in life, relationships do end that way. And it's in some ways reassuring that there are some couples that can do that. And that they still look back on uh, that relationship as, as something special, but that that hasn't endured for whatever reason. But it's a, it's a lovely film. It's very well put together and, and very well written, well acted. It ticks all the boxes for me. Yeah, I, I found that too. The, the performers are really great, um, mm. and it has that essence of just solid filmmaking. Like you're watching it, and you know, okay, yeah, every aspect of this has been well sculpted. You're not thinking about things you're not meant to be thinking about when you're watching it. You're very much able to just enjoy the drama which comes across. Um, I really like the music. There's a bit where they yeah. dance on the hill. I thought that was really, really good. Um, yeah. <clears throat> And there's a bit where like the light is breaking through their heads because um, they use this kind of open location um, place in, I guess, London, right? It must be somewhere like a field. 
Well, it's Greenwich, isn't it? Greenwich, they, yeah. It's overlooking the the observatory, isn't it? It's an, you know London it's... more than me, man. You're, I'm in. Uh, I'm well, actually in Kent. If if it, if truth be known, it's yeah. near enough. Though, it's near enough. It? it is near enough. But I, I just I don't want people to sort of think that I'm a Londoner because I because I, oh. I get questioned. People go, oh, where, where's a good place for film in London? I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But BC raised an interesting point there about this film is that because it was filmed out outdoors, they must have had to wait for the right lighting the right sunset mm, yeah. you know they must they would that wouldn't have come about by by accident just i don't i can't imagine they would have just turned up and said right we'll shoot this now they would have had to have waited for the right amount of sunlight to capture those images properly you get that sense with this film that there is a a planning behind it um yeah. because sometimes you're watching a film and you kind of go all right they've, they've they've done it like they've gone and done it and to be honest, sometimes they've taken like the earliest take they could have done. Yeah. With this, yeah. it's like you feel like they've crafted it in a way that they wanted to tell this story in a very delicate, tender way, and it had to be just right. You had to get in order for you to be emotionally invested in the characters, they had to get those things right, especially the lighting, because it's like the sun setting on their relationship, right? I think that's well for me, that's what I'm taking from it. Maybe that feels a little bit um <laughs> OTT. Well, that probably is. But yeah, um it probably is, yeah. I think it is a film that's absolutely full of pathos. It's full of moments that make you kind of feel something because these are young characters as well. These aren't characters yeah. in their forties, fifties that have gone through yeah. life and are a bit cynical. But they're yeah. be- they're being very mature. They're they're being very um uh frank and honest, but civilized as you said. And it's mm. not this kind of throwing beer cans at each other and getting upset. Yeah. It's very much just kind of like accepting that even yeah. though they love each other, it's actually not enough. Um, and I, I love the line. There's a line where she says, um, it was the loneliest beer I ever drank. Cause like they have this first date and he gets yeah. her a drink and he doesn't have yeah. one, I think cause he can't afford one or something. Yeah. And I just love that line. I just thought it was such a great line. Um, and, yeah, it was another great line was when they used the analogy of a deaf couple mm-hmm. on the bus. Yeah. That was brilliant. I love that. And, they, and he said, uh, you know, that deaf couple were communicating better than us. Yeah. You know, and that is such a clever line. That is a very perceptive line to think that a couple are, are restricted in speech or they can't speak, but they communicate better than the two of them did. That is such a clever way of presenting that view that idea that we're not we're not talking properly anymore and he, he saw that dawned on him when he saw this happy deaf couple sitting in front of him on the bus brilliant love that you know it originality is such a rare thing in in filmmaking in drama tv whatever but occasionally they'll come up with lines that are original and clever and you think i've never heard that before i've never heard it described in that way before you you really you realize how rich and diverse the english language is but occasionally they find something new they find a new way of saying something and i'm very impressed by that very very good that was queen of diamonds uh directed by shiroz khan so festival's over um i have been contacted by numerous people asking me about the festival after it finished which was Uh, weird yeah they were like when's it start and i was like (laughs) um ah, so yeah, yeah. i tell you this yeah, yeah yeah you have missed it um so <laughs> we're still reviewing the films because we wanted to give them all a proper review on the podcast and often these films are available elsewhere to watch um so do your searching uh if not 
drop us a line. Happy to try and direct you into the direction of um, filmmakers because they are very often just really pleased if they get their film watched by more eyes. That's that's what they really want. They really want to watch to get people to watch their films, and that's why it's such a joy to do this because mm. we get to shine that light. Um, so that's Queen of Absolutely. Diamonds. We are moving. Where are we moving? To Canada. We're going to Canada, Brian. All right, okay. Nothing to do with the podcast, just me and you. We're eloping. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that would be fun. Um, no, I jest. We're reviewing a short film called Powdered Dandelions. Uh, right. Now, this has three directors. <clears throat> Brianna Russell, Dylan Duff, and Tegan Armstrong. And the central premise is a young girl who she's creating this potion to get others to fall in love with her. And she's having quite an emotional um, discussion with a friend or someone that she's been around. And it's kind of all about the lengths that she Mm. would go to in order to attract love. It's a very short film. It's only about seven minutes. And it's got a very dark and intimate kind of vibe to it. What do you think of this one, Brian? Yeah, I think, look, it's very interesting. It draws you in. You know, a film needs to make you curious because particularly with a short film, because you could just sort of can it and say, forget it. You might think to yourself, it's only seven minutes, but all films have to pass that test. You know, does it draw you in? Does it hook you? And this film does. It's interesting insofar that you think, right, what's the motivation here? Why, 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 how is she going about this? You know, it's, it's one of those sort of stories where you're trying to work out what her motivation is and how this this potion is coming about and what difference it's making to her life. It's part of fantasy as well, isn't it, really? You know? mm. And there are a few films like this in the f- festival that come up with an unusual premise, to say the least. But there's enough going on there to, to keep you interested and make you curious. I wish we'd... Have, I wish they'd have told us more about what goes into this potion. <laughs> That's well, what I want to know. I thought... I no, very it. interesting, though. Very good. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I wrote down the ingredients. I'm trying to see if I've got it. Well, um, yeah. I had I had down blood, hair, and obviously powdered down the lines. But she goes out with, like, a list, doesn't she? She's got a list, and she goes out, yeah. and there's a few different things in there. Um, but I think... Things, it reminded me a bit of Twilight. It reminded me of Twilight in the sense that you've got mm. this kind of like, uh, in the woods, it's a bit dark. You've got some sort of um, slight fantasy element there. Um, and, it, it, and also teens, like teens who are, shall we say, uh, on the cusp of adulthood who might do things that are a bit more dangerous, you know, a bit more risk yeah. to what, what's going to happen because of their um, impulses and, and things like that. That... I got that from it in a, in a really good way. I am a fan of the Twilight films, but I, I thought that was it's like a nice vibe to it. The dialogue's yeah. um, really good. Uh, I really like the way that she's talking about the way she doesn't feel guilty uh, and the, the, that sense of what she has to do. There's a really powerful bit. We, we, we're pretty much talking about the whole film at this point, so if you don't yeah. want it to be spoiled, please don't listen. Um, but she's looking at the mirror after she's she injects some of the potion. Um and she's going like, "Do you love me now?" And that was yeah. really powerful. Like that, this sense of like what she thinks she's worth and what she needs to do in order to find love and attract love. So it, it did have a lot of potency to it. It did have a yeah. lot of things going for it in, the t- in making you think and and getting you kind of 
uh, intrigued as to yeah. the state of this character. I suppose really, like, like I say, as for the, the potion itself, because that's what it's re- really about, isn't it? Is this magic mi- mixture that's going to change everything for her. I never really got as much from it. Maybe I was looking for something a bit different. But as, as I say, sometimes a film like that can, doesn't kind of land quite as well. So possibly I, I was behind the curve a little bit on this film. I don't know. But um, it's interesting. Though, I did watch you know? it twice. I found the first time, yeah, I had a sense of it was, okay, a bit, bit confused. I, I actually found it a bit confused. That's why I watched it again. And I, I did see, find... Yeah. It's worth a, a revisit because of the yeah. the themes I think that it's exploring. Uh, yeah. I I thought it was ambitious as well. There's um there's a scene that uses like a drone and she's standing on a bridge. And I'm always yeah. very impressed when indie filmmakers do this because they don't need to. There's no need to do that. But I just love the fact that I can imagine them like setting up. Because, Guys, we're gonna do this really cool scene. You know, it's gonna really push us because obviously we don't need to do this but we want to do something that's gonna be engaging and be different and i, I was impressed by it um yeah i did find that maybe, kind of yeah maybe that's the key then is to is to watch it at least twice because i only watched it once and some films are like that we've said that haven't we it's come up on mm-hmm. on the podcast hasn't it that these films because they're short you can afford to watch them twice or three times and it's like it's like even a feature length film you sometimes need to watch it again to get the full benefit from it. But I find you know. often with short films, it's weird. I get more out of them on a second watch. With feature films, I often get less out of them. I watch them and I'm like, I enjoyed that the first time. But when I've watched it again, I've not enjoyed that as yeah. much. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? The way, way it gets you, isn't it? Mm. I suppose it, it really depends. But I think it really shows, when you watch a film more than once, it shows how subtle the director's been and how much they've managed to pack into every frame. Because good directors will fill every frame with something meaningful and will tell you something about the story. And you don't necessarily get that with one watch, necessarily. I think you get enough watching it once, but you watch it successive times, you, you'll see new, you see new things. You see things you, do, you never saw previously. So there's, there's always a lesson there, I think. What did you think about the uh, performance of uh, Rafa Virago? She plays the, the main girl. I thought she was really good. Yeah, she's really she's got potential, hasn't she? Mm. You you could see her moving on to things that are not necessarily better, but bigger, bigger projects. You know, one for the future. I I think the same goes for directors, writers, performers in particularly in the short films mm. that they have real potential to to move on. And we could say that when she becomes a star, we can say, Chris. Ah, oh, we reviewed her back in 2022 when she was just a young emerging actor. I take full um, credit for everyone's success. I just no, say, I yeah, not. well, even if yeah. I didn't talk about you, that's because that's why you became a success because well, I didn't look, review you. <laughs> exactly, but but you see, the thing is, when she picks up the Oscar for best best actress, yeah, she might even name check you, you know, in her acceptance speak, speak, speech, speech, speech. 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 Yeah. So, um, something to look forward to. Well, yeah. Now you've got me excited. Um, I'm, I'm looking oh, forward right. to that. So uh, thank you for uh, for doing that. Um, <laughs> no worries. So that was uh, Powdered Dandelions short film. We are heading back to the UK for a short film called Prey, mm. uh, directed by Ben Poppy and Sh- Corey Sean Williams. What do you think of this one, Brian? 
Very good. Very, very good. Very impressed with it. It's quite disturbing again. It's it's another film that, that sort of throws light on a a very sort of distressing and upsetting side of life. This is well the opening blurb, the blurb that you get accompanying the film is that a man's life is in danger when a mysterious stranger turns up. But when you watch the film, you realise that this mysterious stranger doesn't actually exist. This stranger is actually, he's subconscious speaking to him and literally trying to convince him that his life isn't worth living anymore. And I found it, um, I found it um, very disturbing, but gripping at the same time as well, because you think this must be what goes through a person's mind when they are suicidal. And I found that shocking and disturbing, but absolutely riveting. It it makes you watch. But it's as I say, it's quite upsetting to think that this is what a person endures, this is what they go through. That they, they have this they have these demons inside their head. It was interesting that they did that um technique, you know, to externalize the voice in his head create this mm. character in a and dramatize them give them mm. a sort of sense of are they a baddie coming from the future yeah. <laughs> who knows all his yeah. secrets because yeah. you, it's clear that the central character is not well um and that is going through severe sort of mental health problems and then you've got this character trying to tell him to kill himself and it's a very strong technique to have used because you're watching it and it's almost like the whole kind of devil on your shoulder sort of thing mm. um and as an audience we're there obviously rooting for the character look don't listen to him what are you doing don't listen yeah. to him to shut him up sort of thing um yeah. and i love that feeling of it the fact that it was in black and white as well mm. um we've talked about this a lot on the pod about how yeah. if you're gonna do it there needs to be a reason and i think mm. with this there is a reason because he's clearly experiencing an issue and obviously the uh the voice the, the character that's telling him to do these things may or may not be real and, and you're meant to question everything you're meant to question what's going on is it a nightmare is it a is it a dream yeah. so i think yeah. yeah there's a reason for that um yeah it was just an interesting film because you've got this um back and forth between the characters uh but also they're testing each other at certain points. Like he's, mm. he asks the, the guy to read him one of his future poems mm. and he, he promises that he'll shoot himself afterwards if he, if he does mm. it. And, you know, this, this other character is just so uh, pushy about getting the guy to, mm. to, to kill himself that he's like, oh, he'll sort of do anything. It, it was a really weird kind of uh, thing to explore because you're just yeah. not quite sure who's telling the truth, who's doing what, what the motivation is. And then, like you say, when it becomes clear, yeah. it's, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. I think if you're trying to portray a character like that, who's, who's experiencing those thoughts, that's the best way of doing it, really, is to give those negative thoughts, those dark thoughts, a physical presence. And you can imagine the conflicts he has that's internal, it's external now because you can see the conflict has a physical presence, or so it seems anyway. And that makes it a, a much clearer uh, narrative. It makes the narrative much clearer, it's stronger, it's more powerful because of it. 
but very, as I say, disturbing, unsettling, but very cleverly put together. And it, it does take you a little while to work out where it's at and where it's going. But, you know, I, I, th- I think it's very well done. It's, for, it's effective filmmaking. There's a bit where like, the phone rings um, mm. and that changed the whole tension, changed the whole mood of the piece. I really like mm. that because it was like disturbing his thoughts, cutting into this inner tension that he's got. Yeah. And it was the idea about how if someone is going through a period of this in their life, that the only way to break through is connection, is communication with other people. Um, yeah. And his friend turns up and tells That's him to right. sort of stop yeah. listening to the yeah. voice in his head. And I, yeah. I think, you know, our festival has just been home to so many great films exploring so many important themes. You know, we've covered a whole range of very important topics and obviously this is no different it's covering something that does need to be explored um suicide in particular male suicide is so sadly high and i think mm. I, I absolutely uh, doff my cap to filmmakers that want to tell these stories because i think it's a really powerful way of showing yeah. that what can be going through someone's head how they could be experiencing life because it does feel like he's bo- uh, bipolar. You know, you've got two totally different characters, two totally different yeah. kind of a bit like Fight Club sort of thing. Like we've got this yeah. character that's got this other charismatic being that's kind of shifting them in a direction that maybe they shouldn't go yeah. down. And I think yeah. that's what I really liked about Prey. Uh, I thought it was really, really mm. good. Yeah, no, I think it's brave. I, I think to make a film like this is brave because it's confronting what many would say was a taboo subject. But I, I, I think it's important that these subjects are discussed. And filmmaking is, a, as we've said previously on the pods, that filmmaking is an ideal way of presenting an uncomfortable issue, something we maybe would prefer not to see, but it needs to be confronted. And the only way you deal with it is to discuss it openly. And that's what this does. And there are many films like this in the festival that that brings an uncomfortable subject to people's attention and brings it out in the open because no one's ever comfortable uh, dealing with this sort of thing, confronting this sort of thing. This is life. This is what sadly too many people go through. And it's the key to understanding it better, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Hats off to the performers Mm. in this uh, film as well, uh, Jordan Turk and Phil Webster. I thought they were great. Um, So that was Prey. Do seek out if you can. Festival has finished. I will reiterate, the festival has finished. We're not showing this film anymore. We're we're actually tormenting listeners, aren't we? We are kind of going through this um, films behind bars now. Yeah, these are great films. but (laughs) Great films that you probably won't be able to find. Um, We will do our best to to signpost them. But also, these podcast episodes will be available uh, forever. So feel free to listen to them forever. And the likelihood is that if you're listening to this in... 2023 or 2024 or whatever the film's probably on youtube by now <laughs> you can probably yeah, seek it out probably. pretty easy yeah that's right um, yeah. so feel free to do that because i think future proofing is... as they call it eh? exactly um so that was prey mm. staying in the uk for the next short film from jack stockley purgatory Oh, we're, we're staying with the heavy stuff to be honest it's, heavy. it's yeah. uh yeah it's a heavy episode um a lot of the films have, have dealt with dark stuff purgatory no different dealing with 
a domestic abusive relationship and also gaslighting again themes which have been explored in some of the other films at the festival obviously it's a really important topic lots of important filmmakers giving their voices to this because um i think it's something which the modern awareness of it is mm. more prevalent now and i think that uh, filmmakers and in particular audiences uh, and female writers and things like that are more willing to give their stories about this. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've given potentially a lot away about the plot already, but Brian, did you want to give a little synopsis on this one? Yeah, this uh, this is a woman called Lilith who, who, who on, the, on the outside believes that she's married to a, a very nice man, handsome, intelligent, outwardly loving, handsome but he's very controlling and as the story gradually unfolds you, you see how controlling it, he is um, gaslighting is really at the centre of this story really he's he's completely debasing her own existence uh, he won't allow um, her to, to see her own mother he prefers to see his mother instead it's, it's something that gradually accumulates and builds uh, it gets to a point where Lilith is really on, on the edge. And I, I, I think what gives this film so much power is that we know it's happening to somebody somewhere. And that's what's most disturbing. Again, that word keeps on coming back uh, to these films is that they are disturbing. And they're disturbing because they're real, because we know it's happening. And it, it's a case of a woman being trapped. This is coercive control this is a man who's controlling a, a woman's very existence but you know legally you know in terms of punishing behavior like this it's very difficult for the woman to break free and very difficult to prove but the laws are in place now that that we should combat this situation but it's tragic isn't it it's tragic that people can be so cruel to each other but we know it, it goes on we know it happens yeah, and I think the film is yeah. You you mentioned about the, the breaking. Like, for me, it was like the breaking the cycle. I think comes up. They talk about breaking the cycle, and there feels like there's a, a shift in the conversations right now. People are looking more at their own behaviour, um, whether that be gaslighting or other. There's so many things that have come to light in the last ten years uh, with certain celebrities shall we say i guess mm -hmm. taking yeah. the the conversation more mainstream about what's been maybe considered acceptable in inverted commas mm -hmm. and what's been um just a part of people's life and i think you know, when i've read the director's statement on purgatory talking about how often people shy away from talking about domestic abuse and, and talking mm -hmm. about uh rape and things like that because they don't want to have those conversations they didn't want to they they'd rather yeah. keep it uh, hidden and i think that filmmakers obviously that decide to depict this have got such a huge responsibility but they are being very mm. bold and ambitious that when done right it's it's very powerful it gets you um able to empathize and sympathize with the situation as you say in this situation you've got a character this this man that if you were to chop up the bits in the film where he's nice, mm. you could make a good 
positive romantic comedy out of it you know you could say this yeah. is a lovely guy what a brilliant yeah. partner and then if you were to chop up the bits where he's terrible he is like the worst villain that you could ever think of and yeah. when you mash them together you get a very complex character that's like wow these are people that are probably in the you know, probably around us you know these are people that you're gonna yeah. know because they they look and do and say the things that we as a society have got used to people saying um yeah. and it's it's really difficult to watch a film like this without thinking about you know your own behavior or other people's behavior and what conversations we're having and what conversations we're not having but yeah i think that's right i think you you also only see one side of, of a lot of people don't you as well mm. you know that if you you know people socially next door neighbors people you see down the pub whatever you see, you see that you see the best side of people, don't you? Really, when when you uh, encounter them on a social base, basis, you you think you know them, but you don't know the other side. And there are two sides to, to people. And how many cases, you know, cases that are coming to light now about coercive control? Now, very difficult to prove legally, but as I say, the legislation is in place, which is the important thing. But how difficult it is to prove, you know, and you you think nobody would have thought that this person would be doing what they have done to, to the victim. And it's it's about recognising it, isn't it? You know, it, some people often wouldn't wouldn't register what coercive control is. And it's it's all about familiarity and being used to a, a certain way of life. But now more most importantly is that we as a society are recognising that this behaviour is not acceptable. If we are to continue to live in a, a civilized society, then we wouldn't, we can't allow this to happen. I think with the pandemic, that's changed a lot of things. It's changed a huge amount of what's it, mm. what's been accepted in terms of life. And mm. there was a very sadly a, a huge spike in domestic abuse during the pandemic because you've got obviously the untold stress on everyone, plus the fact that everyone's locked at home inside with no escape. So mm. stories about this, and I know at the end of the film, there's some really scary stats about what happened. Um, that yeah. We are in a new era. We're in a new chapter, which is uncharted, really, because you've got the the voices coming out, but you've also got the prevalency of people like this and the behavior. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's going on. It's still going on. It's 2022. It's not gone anywhere. It's just happening different. And like you say, the sides of people that we see, that's why a film like this is so powerful because you're able to get both sides in one go. You're able to see how he is able to like in one scene shower her with kisses, but in another yeah. scene chastise her. Or in one yeah. scene he's he's encouraging her to drink, and in another scene he's calling her drunkard. And yeah. it's like 
you know, how, how is she meant to have any kind of stability uh, about herself? Yeah. She just seems completely constantly trying to please him and always yeah. on eggshells that he's going to just fly off the handle at something she's it, done. It, it's absolutely heartbreaking to watch. What gives this story so much power is we know it's going on. The The stats that they they put on the end of this film, I, I think, was scary, hmm. really terrifying, particularly that, that stat during lockdown, during the first two months of lockdown or three months of lockdown, 14 people died and two children died. That is absolutely terrifying, isn't it? Mm. You know, and it puts it all in perspective. And you think, and it's those closing titles and the stats, simple stats, you know, sometimes you, you, you put the bare facts in on the back of seeing, seeing that story, that narrative, it brings it all home to you. You think, God, this is a major problem. It really is. And it's something that's been swept under the carpet for far too long. I think it's just a really, really powerful film. Um, Really important. And also, with a film like this, often it's it's very heavy and very emotionally involved. So you're not necessarily going to be noticing stuff. But I've watched it twice. And I think the, the filmmaking deserves a real round of applause um because it is just brilliant it's, it's so yeah. well filmed it's got a really dark vibe to it brilliantly lit there's like a droning score which creates lots and lots of tension and yeah. everything Absolutely. about it is nightmarish and terrifying and you are with the central character you're with her constantly in fear of what's going to happen next you know what what's going to be the thing that sets him off because yeah. we're trying our best and then you, yeah. know, you know it's coming and i think it yeah. it works on a level it's so suspenseful and um moving it's brilliant you, f- you feel for her don't you 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 feel very protective of her mm. you know you you're on you're on her side obviously you're on her side when you look at what she's going through and even down to the fact when she she dressed up for him when he when he he came home in a very nice dress, looked really attractive, and nothing, you know. Oh, and he says something like, "Oh, you didn't wear that when the delivery came, did you?" Or something. Yeah, like that's that. it. Yeah. That was it. Thanks for remembering that. I was, I was trying to remember what it was he said in response, but isn't that a terrible thing, though? Yeah. You know, absolutely dreadful, and it, it's it's troubling. But you know, as we've said previously. This type of storyline, this narrative, does belong on on the big screen. It does belong in filmmaking. It's part of life, and that's what films are supposed to do. They're supposed to teach us about life, even if it's the unsavoury and unpalatable part of life that we'd rather not see, but we need to see it. That's the point. We need to see. We need to know. So there you go. Purgatory. Um, mm. Seek it out if you can. Directed by Jack Stockley and I'm sure it will make its way uh, into your viewing sphere. Mm. Sticking with the heavy themes, unfortunately, um, only from a sense of it being quite hard to listen to. Uh, In the UK, again, directed by Gary A. Wales and David Penman, short film called Rage. Um, Now, we are (laughs) still with the theme of domestic abuse here. Um, This time with a character whose consumption of alcohol and incredible, drugs yeah, give him incredible rage, uh, as the title yeah. suggests, and how this then impacts his uh, wife and son. He, they're, they're, they're celebrating their 
anniversary. They go out for a drink at a local pub. It's clear that his appetite for alcoholic beverages is a lot higher than his partner's. Um, oh, just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, just a little bit. Downing yeah. pints of Strongbow, I think. At Strongbow. The, at Strongbow as well. Yeah, I thought, really. Um, at the table, he's, you know, she's only drinking one drink for his sort of five. And he then also goes off to the bathrooms to, to do drugs. And basically the barman says, not going to serve you. He then gets mm-hmm. volatile, thrown out. They head home and things just get worse from there because he continues drinking and, yeah. and doing drugs and it becomes very, very violent. Yeah, um, hard film to watch this one. I was watching it, it very much as a, yeah, you're, you're watching it's like a social drama, but yeah. it, it really, again, much like Purgatory, it hit home about how yeah. prevalent, especially during lockdown, something like this could be where it's not a lockdown film, but it's you could imagine yeah. a character like this being shut in home that's used yeah. to going out and uh, expelling their rage through drinking and doing all um, manner of things outside that suddenly locked up like a caged animal mm. and taking it out on his family. Um, yeah. What did you think of this one, Brian? I, I just find it terrifying, really. I'm astonished that the character, the, the male character, like they go out for a drink, it's, it's his birthday, isn't it? They go out for a drink. He downs maybe nine or ten pints of Strongbow, which is very strong lager anyway. Does lines oh, of it's cider, isn't it? Cider. Cider, yeah. Um, then does lines of coke. He has a cigarette when he gets in. Then he starts popping pills of some description. Don't know what. And you think to be for his system to be loaded with alcohol, with drugs, tobacco, uh, and whatever medication he's knocking back. And you think. How on earth could someone have the tolerance, physical tolerance, for that kind of abuse? But we know it happens. You know, there are stories similar to what's portrayed in this film. And I just find it absolutely incredible it could happen. But it does. We know it happens. And it's it's frightening, Chris. Absolutely terrifying. I, I just find it unbelievable that somebody could get to that position. What drives someone to need that kind of stimulants in the first place? But we know that the human condition is a complex one. But for it it to end in in such devastating circumstances is so incredibly sad because we know, again, like, like purgatory, we know it happens. We know it goes on. And as you point out, during during COVID when some where people were basically incarcerated and were spending more time together than they normally would, it could only make this particular situation even worse. So I, f- I found it again, it's that word again, it's the D word, it's disturbing, it's terrifying, but it's real. And that's why it's terrifying because we know it goes on, we know it happens. But really it's, it's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? I think as well with this film, Purgatory was, very dark, very uh, impressive, though, like in terms of the way it was filmed. Not that this wasn't impressive, but this felt that it had a more rawness to it. Um, yeah. It didn't, because the other film was, was a bit more polished filmmaking-wise, which didn't attract at all from it. It felt that you were very immersed in what was a, essentially a thriller kind of feel. Yeah. This feels more, more like a... 
almost like a documentary to be honest like you it's not but you, you feel that this could be very much the, a fly on the wall situation yeah. of a character or what they get up to um there's a bit in the pub where he's getting hauled out by security and the camera like zooms along the bar with him it's like scrolling along the bar yeah and yeah. it did feel like you know they're trying to keep up with this character who is just yeah. full of pent up emotion and aggression and they are just going to release it and you're waiting for when that's going to happen and when it does happen it is really (laughs) disturbing as you said and very affecting and it's a hard watch um but an important watch much like the films we've been reviewing it's got that sense of timeliness it's it's Mm. dealing like i said with the pandemic and the rise of these problems and the rise of also you know as we're moving into this winter of discontent in the uk um you're going to see this more and more the stresses that everyone's under the pressure people are putting on the the nightmare situations with the economy it's going to play its part it's always going to play its part on characters that are vulnerable and characters that Mm. are troubled that it, when they get this pressure put on them they react and a film like this is so important to be shining a light on what is going to be a very common problem like you imagine you're down in the pub and you see a guy getting loaded up with his wife you think mm. all right well, that's that's what they do you know that's that's what they're used to you're not yeah. thinking about you know what that person's going to do when they oh. go home and if they oh. have a child upstairs and all that sort of stuff yeah it's really powerful I think it would be interesting. It's interesting to watch this film, Rage, in juxtaposition with Purgatory, because they essentially deal with the same issue. But Purgatory is more subtle because it can be. Mm. It's dealing with coercive control, which is subtle. It's not quite as blatantly obvious as to what's going on. But Rage is more explosive. Yeah, the key difference for me is that in Purgatory, you've got a character who is desperate for control. He is controlling of the situation. And he is he's generally in control of himself. With Rage, he's a character that's not. Like, he's he's dependent on these substances to soften the blow for him. There's a bit where he's looking at the camera and he breaks down. Like, he almost starts to cry. Mm. And that was, like, really telling about, you know, albeit you know he's monstrous what he does mm. but he is a human he's a human yeah. that needs help but it's yeah. being left unchecked it's being left without actually someone intervening and going hey yeah. mate do you need you know, yeah. like when the, the bounce is oh yeah you've had enough sort of thing there's no sense of him going are you going to be all right you know to his partner because you know maybe that question needs to be asked you know mm. they sent them off you know and in, in a, he's obviously absolutely out of it that this is the, I think there's a very key difference there, but also, yeah, you're right. You've got characters that are being abusive mm. in very similar ways. And also yeah. we don't want to talk about it. We're not talking about it enough. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that was rage. I, I this yeah. Every time we do these films, I, I get more and more kind of, worried about the human race if i'm honest um but it's it's important that we go through these important that we have these conversations i think but it it is i i think these stories need to be told we we only wish they they didn't happen but they do and that's what's most frightening about these stories is that somebody somewhere it's happening it's happening to somebody somewhere as we speak and that's scary it's upsetting Right, and in an ideal world, we wouldn't think want to think about this sort of thing, but it's the only way you can really deal with it is to get it out in the open. 
and get people to talk about it. And that's what films do. They create a talking point. And but as you say, it, it's it's a sad state of affairs, but it but it happens. And we we as a society can't close our eyes to it because we know it's there. Okay. So that was Rage. Um, do check it out if you can. Moving away from slightly heavier themes to something a bit more... Um, well, on the action side, I guess, um, is a short film, again in the UK, uh, called The Find. Hi all. I want to give you an update on what is happening with the centre. Dave and I really hope to open it in the new year. As you know, it's always been my dream to have a centre where people can gather, meditate, come together. And I have this really strong feeling that in this new year, it's all going to come together. It's a bit early, isn't it? I'm just going to go watch the sunrise, go back to sleep. This was an interesting one, a bit of a different film for the festival, more of a yeah adventure thriller, really. Um, yes. Do you want to do you want to go with the synopsis on this, Brian? Right, okay, yeah. So we we've got the central character is a spiritual guru who finds a stash of cash in in a bag on the beach. And he basically, used, well, he hides this cash in not the best hiding place, I don't think, if I'm really honest. But, you know, you may have your opinions on that, Chris. I absolutely have my opinions on that, yeah. <laughs> and and he, he uses it to open an, open a meditation centre, um, hopefully before, before the bad guys catch up with him, whose cash it belongs to, or maybe doesn't belong to. Because it doesn't quite tell you where that where this money's come from, but you you suspect it's ill gotten gains, and it's very it's very cool. It's very cool this film. I, I like it. it's got a nice vibe to it, and it leaves a lot of questions unanswered. But then again, maybe that's the way. That's often the way with a story like this. So the find is having an awful lot of money, and behaving like a dog on a beach and just burying it <laughs> in the in the first hole that you can dig. And it still stays there and no one finds it. But anyway, maybe I'm picking holes. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, no, I did find... <clears throat> it's like any film with this. You're going to question, like, what would I do in that situation? Mm-hmm. You, know, you find a load of cash and what's your first thought? That actually, mm-hmm. he does do a smart thing. He doesn't just take it home. Because like, that's kind of what I would have done. I would have just taken it home. And it's got a tracker in it, so... Yeah, that would have been yeah, that would have been yeah. the end of me and the end of the podcast. So we would have yeah. been <laughs> we'd have been all done. Um, yeah. He doesn't. He does that. He, he sort of leaves on the beach. It reminded me a lot of a nineteen ninety eight film called A Simple Plan. Have you ever seen that film? Yeah, that's a good film. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Yeah, that's a very good film actually. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton. One of my dad's favorite films. Um, he introduced yeah. me to it. And similar situation. I think they, they find a bunch of cash, and it's how it then changes their relationship um because in like a crashed plane i think and and they don't know if someone's going to come find it you know they then start to maneuver each other in order to like get a bigger share of the money because they need it and xyz um with the find yeah it did remind me of that it's much more um 
short and simple. You know, it's got. Uh, I love the coastal setting of it. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed that. Like him, although the nighttime scenes were a little bit harder to watch because I was like, what, "Who's going where? What's going on?" Because he's going through the oh. beach like with a with a flashlight. But it did add to the tension because it was a sense of like, "Oh, you don't know who's in front of you," yeah. and if you were in that situation, like going to dig up the money in the middle of the night, it would be pretty yeah. scary to be honest. Um, but I did like it. I I, I found my favorite thing about it was you've got this character talking about healing and uh, energies. You know, he's a spiritual guru who then gets corrupted by greed. You know, he, he doesn't just do the right thing and call the authorities. He, he steals it. And you can see this on him at the end. Like he's kind of um, meditating, but he sort of looks very troubled at his own behavior, Mm -hmm. very sort of uh, difficult to, face up to what he's done and, and how it has affected him that he's actually no different to everyone else. I thought that was great. Um, mm. I did want more from it. If I'm honest, I wanted a bit more yeah. for, from the, the, the chase sort of aspect to it. I thought it was over yeah. quite quickly before it began. Did yeah. you feel that? Yeah. I, I want to know more. It's a good setup. I like the setup. The, the premise is, is excellent. It's really good, but I think it could have done with a bit more. I mean, the length of that, that film was 11 minutes, 24, I think. And they, they could have doubled it, mm. Chris. And it's still a short form film, isn't it? Yep. You know, even if it was 22 minutes long. I mean, a couple of the other films we looked at were 22 minutes, and that's a nice running length. Because you can introduce the main characters, set up the storyline, and get that that finale, that, that climax that you're looking for. But there just didn't seem to be enough. There's more to come. It's... You've got the nucleus of a very good good story there, but I think I want to see more. I wanted to I wanted to understand more about the the motivation of characters. It's it's a bit like um, Powdered Dandelion. I, I think that had great potential, but I wanted to see see a bit more. Uh, but you're hemmed in by the time that you got available. But I think when you're looking at short films, you could easily add another five minutes. It doesn't need a lot. I think to make it even better, but it was good anyway, though. Yeah, it works in in a simple sense. I I think that often with short films, there is always that sense. I was always, oh, it could there could be more. Um, With the find, I think because you're verging into the territory of this sort of thriller adventure film, that yeah, there needed to be more time for that. To be honest, but I did, I really enjoyed, like I said, the the contrast of this character and, and how they end up and what it does to them. I, th- I thought it was one of those films that you're not going to regret watching it. Like you just, you, you, you're into it. You, you vibe on it. You really enjoy the energy of it and it doesn't outstay. It's welcome. Obviously yeah, we wanted a bit more from it, to be honest. So yeah. I think viewers would just enjoy it from that sense. And yeah. it's, it's going into something that is that, pure cinematic trope of i think even on the poster it says what would you do and i think yeah. that's what i love about a film like this where it makes you think about it like i, I am thinking about it what would i yeah, do if i found that look, big bag yeah. of cash look we're all human it's plugging into a basic human emotion right what would you do if you know and there are two or three films in, in the festival that that dealt with with that moral dilemma if you like what i think gives this a nice edge is that the central character is a spiritual guru. He's into meditation. He's all about serenity and peace. Who you would think somebody with that mindset would be unconcerned with cash, right? <laughs> if you see what I'm getting at, because yeah. a spiritual guru is all about finding an inner peace that's that doesn't need material 
gain, but it's kind of like his human sides come out in him and think, oh God, look at all this money, <laughs> right? And he's kind of, I'm not saying he's betrayed his principles necessarily because he built a meditation center with it, but it's got, it's got, you kind of got two conflicting ideals there in some ways because he's been, on the one hand, he's being human in, in sort of being tempted by the money and taking the money. But on the other hand, he wants to be this kind of pure earth warrior, you know, somebody that just that's just in tune with nature and doesn't need material items, you know. So I like that kind of that what I would perceive as a conflict there as well. Okay, that's the find the mm. final film we're reviewing. That's the last one. We reviewed them all. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, to be honest, reviewing all these films. Um, yeah. I'm looking at my massive list of films that we reviewed, all 63 of them. Yeah. And, yeah, um, all excellent in their own way and all dealing with very big things. And just a massive congratulations because the talent this year has been incredible, absolutely astonishing. So, yeah, just want to say that... Um, now comes the what should be a lovely thing, but to be honest, it just riddles me with anxiety, which is you know, picking the winners um, of yeah. these categories. Uh, so we've already announced Best Horror, Best LGBTQ+, and we announced Best Documentary on a previous mm-hmm. episode, which was um, A Manchester Story. Um, yeah. On this episode, we're going to announce the winners for Feature, Comedy, and Short Film. So... Let's start with best comedy. So the entries were Moving Parts, Wicked Plans, Boom Slang to the Dinner, The Show, Pandemic Spy, and Rise of Fizzy Pop. And I, I, I still love that Fizzy Pop. Um, we do, we do have a drum roll sound. Brian won't hear it because I'm going to put it in the post production. But um, there is a drum roll sound, so I'm just going to leave a little space for that now. And the winner is of best comedy, Wicked Plans. Um, Lee Chambers' film. Me and Brian both really enjoyed this. Uh, found it really yeah. funny. Um, yeah. It's a great send up of um, Halloween and Suicide Bombers, uh, weirdly enough. And it just works. It, it it had me laughing out loud, and that is yeah. the most you could want from a best comedy yeah. film. Um, really, really yeah. good. I agree. It's supremely inventive. And as we touched on earlier on, I, in my opinion, originality, true originality, is very rare. And when you when you find it, you should savour it and and hold it up as a great example of, of great filmmaking. Absolutely, we wanted to give uh, honourable mentions. Well, to honourable mentions to all of the entries, but specifically mm-hmm. Pandemic Spy and yeah. for me Rise of Fizzy Pop. I thought they were both really yeah. really good as well. Um, I said a great entry uh, list this year. We don't mm. often get a lot of comedy, so it was great this year to see so many amazing um, comedy films being entered. And yeah, hats off to everyone involved because yeah. um, really good standard. But yeah, the winner was Wicked Plans. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, best feature. Oh, this was a hard one. Um, the entries were anonymous. What you can't promise. Clout. The Letters and Where the Merrows Roam. Um, drum roll. That was just me this time. 
that wasn't the sound effect, Brian. Did I fool you? I didn't fool you. You fooled me. You got me. You got me, Chris. Uh, The winner of Best Feature is Anonymous. Um, Incredible film. Really, really powerful exploration of addiction. um, And a really great theatrical piece. I love the the characters in the the circle. I thought that, for me, was so compelling. Um, Yeah, what do you think about Anonymous winning, Brian? Yeah, I thought it was excellent. I Really, I mean, you look at all the films in that category, they all could have won it. They yeah. were so close. Yeah. If, that was, if that was a 100-meter race, they would be, all be on the line, more or less at the same time. But I think Anonymous just kind of dipped for the line, you know, right near the, right, near the yeah. finish. Anonymous, when, I, when we were reviewing it, when I watched it for the first time, first thing I thought was, this is great. I'd love to see this on stage. And I very rarely think that when I see a film, a short film like this, that... Uh, you think this would be fantastic if it was on stage because it's that kind of very, uh, it's very alive. You know, you, you just sense the, the kind of the, the tension and that um, atmosphere that's there. And it almost feels like you, you'd want to see it on stage. It's, it's that kind of story. And it's very good. Very, very good. Very impressed with it. You know, you run out of superlatives for some of these films. <laughs> you really do. But yeah, it was great stuff. I loved it. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um, we have some honourable mentions as well. Again, could go to all of them, but Clout and The Letters, um, it, it was very close between those three um, right at the end, to be honest. And yeah. Um, you should... well, they, they, yeah, sorry, Chris. I was just going to say that they, they all kind of deliver a fairly powerful sort of social commentary, don't they, in mm. their own way? You know, The Letters uh, about the... Um... Uh, the the abortion scandal and the uh, oh, cervical cancer. Cervical, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, cervical cancer and the letters that that emanated as a result, and also clout, which is the influence of, of social media. Yeah, and you know, you've got some really powerful films there. Um, very well made, very well crafted, and I'm I'm really pleased we're able to admit the, the features because. Quite a lot of festivals don't, because I understand why as a programmer, it's very difficult to to fit them in. You want to fit more mm. films in if you can. Yeah. But I am incredibly in awe of these filmmakers that make a film over an hour and do it well. Um, if I yeah. if someone asked me to do, I can barely make a social media post for a minute. You know, it's it's so difficult. And you know, yeah. when you're watching something like Clout, where it's told in this yeah. sort of chapter sense and every bit has got yeah. its own kind of meaning, I just found that really fascinating. And and Robbie, uh, who made The Letters, he did it with such bravery, such uh, honour. It, it had a, a, an incredible feel to it. I, I thought, yeah. Yeah, like I said, any of them could have won and they should all be watched. Um, so do yeah. try and seek them all out wherever you can. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, brings us to Best Short Film. This was incredibly difficult to judge. 37 entries, I think, um, <laughs> in, <laughs> in there. And, you know, some of these films have also been in the other categories. So, it's really difficult because they're very good uh, in a lot of ways on their own merit. And they, they have so much going for them that it just makes this decision that is incredibly difficult what i've gone with and what was a sort of unanimous decision was that 
it needed to be a film first off was powerful we as we've said in this episode we've gone with films exploring a lot of the bigger themes and mm. i think it was important for us to represent that uh, in terms of who gets the accolade not that it really means much to be honest it's more about just we wanted to shine a light particularly on on, on all the films and it's nice to pick a winner but they're all dealing with such heavy themes and we wanted the, what the winner to to have that and, and not be something mm. that didn't raise an important issue um and honorable mentions in this category would just go on and on it would be mm. pretty much pretty much all of them that they're all so good and i'm not saying that feels like i'm copying out i genuinely mean that and we've said that numerous times in the yeah. episodes about do you know what we've watched them twice some films yeah. i've watched even more than that and i'm strongly recommending people find these films and watch yeah. them that's why we've got the list and why we're I, reviewing them i'm surprised at the quality chris you know that over the last couple of years when we've done this festival it's always been good but i think that this year in particular it's it's gone through the roof you know and you can't help but be impressed by it by the 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 depth and the breadth of quality and the inventiveness the creativity you know it's a creative process but you know you can make a film that works but you've kind of seen it already but there are films that break new ground here that tell a story that many filmmakers would shy away from and they deserve a lot of credit and they deserve to be called the best at something you know that's that's a sign of recognition and acceptance that you've done something worthwhile absolutely um so we're just going to do the winner for for best short um as i said honorable mentions check out the list on our website and just just watch them all but the winner of best short film is garage um incredible film um not only is it dealing with some very important heavy themes that and the resounding connection it's made to audiences uh, worldwide mm. but also yeah. very polished film very high production values yeah. incredibly made dark and sinister and terrifying it's a film that you watch and you immediately within the first 30 seconds you go wow i know i'm in for a uh well, a very good yeah. experience here yeah i mean you tense up mm. you know i found myself tensing up when i was watching it because you you kind of half knows what's coming but it uses a very clever technique a hitchcocking technique of the before and the after and they they leave anything explicit off screen and they allow you your own imagination to take over because you know what's gone on there and what's happened and I think that's a very clear, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to pull off, really. And um, I was very lucky to interview the filmmakers and they were talking about showing this film in other places and people coming up to them and saying that it had um, actually caused them to remember something from their past because mm -hmm. of this film. And how powerful that is and how yeah. important that is that's really what tipped it um was yeah. this sense of actually this is an important film um it yeah. needs to be seen that uh, yeah. so many of them do uh, even ones on this episode that we've reviewed need to be seen because yeah. there are people out there that so often you know people talk about finding the right audience but that's often from a box office point of view it's part yeah, from yeah. a money point of view that these films often need to be seen because uh, it's important from a social point of view it's important from a community point of view um and i think 
we've we've gone over those films in the episodes and garage for me um really stood out every time i've I've seen it on the list my eyes always drawn to it i'm always like oh yeah that was good that was that was very impressive um i think it is a worthy winner yeah it's it's a trigger isn't it that these stories are uncomfortable to watch as we we've often often mentioned but it can be a trigger it you know, it's interesting that you you interviewed the director, and he related the fact that many people it's it's triggered something in people, and that in itself is important because you know these these things that happen in life can be can be swept under the carpet, ignored, bottled up, and you know it's it's always best to have these things out in the open. But you know, very 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 high quality, high high production values in the way it was executed That's top marks really top marks um well i feel actually i am a bit ill but i'm also incredibly exhausted from reviewing these films and choosing winners and yeah it's just been it's been very tough brian i didn't realize you know this for me is like going to the gym this is, this is a, <laughs> it's like a, yeah. it's a mental workout for you isn't it, it really your, is. your, your brain muscles are, are finely tuned as i say it's it doesn't seem like that many, but when you look at it, you think, wow, that's a fair number. And, you know, if truth be told, when you see them so closely together, you momentarily have to remind yourself what, oh, what was that film about? Oh, yeah, I remember now. But, you know, when you sort of kind of, we prompt each other, we, we kind of remember, but when you see that number of films so close together. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting way. It's kind of like you know, if you went to a music festival and I still going to remember like all the songs you heard and yeah, all the bands you saw, yeah. but you remember how they made you feel. And I know when yeah. I when I watched Garrett, I remember how it made me feel. Um, yeah. And I, I was very moved by it and yeah. traumatised, to be honest, by it. And I think that you've got to acknowledge that when a film does that to you, it needs to be put just on that pedestal, um, if only... Yeah slightly above other films which yeah. are also incredible uh yeah. so yeah there you have it um the 2022 uk film review festival winners depending on when this is coming out this would likely be the last episode um there's a mm-hmm. small episode i need to put out with some of the other winners so that's it that's everyone covered and reviewed and announced as the winners so thank you all for a great year great season um brian my absolute heartfelt thanks for joining me on this. What has been an incredible journey. Incredible. Yeah, it has, not it? Yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed it, Chris. Thank you for uh, asking me along. Oh, my it's, it's, always, it's always a pleasure to watch uh, films of this quality, but also being able to talk about it with someone who's really into it, who understands it and gets it like yourself. You know, we're both film buffs, we're both film geeks, and, and we... We, we're on the same the same wavelength, and that's always important. Where, where you, you you're getting you're getting the right the right vibes from from what you're seeing in front of you. Yeah, it's also very good. Yeah, I mean, you get to check with the other person. Was I right to like this film as much as I do? So yeah, that, that does help. Um, we hope yeah. you've enjoyed listening. We hope you uh, agree with what we've said. If you don't agree with what we've said, then keep it to yourself. Uh, yeah, don't 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 write in. Don't feel the need to write in. Some people feel the need to write in. Um, and also. Stay tuned to the UK Film Review Podcast. We've got lots of exciting um, developments coming, lots of um, important shows, important episodes for you to be part of. So make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening and do drop us a review. No one does. I ask this every time and no one leaves us a review. It's weird. It's like almost like you don't want to tell us how we're doing. 
One day, Chris. One day. One day, someone will do it. One day. Um, I mean, it's a golden opportunity, though, isn't it? A, for someone to have a go back at us. I mean, we spend our time criticising others. That's and, true. I'm very surprised you know. we don't get more of it, if I'm honest. Uh, yeah, which no. is, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, this has been the UK Film Review Festival final episode of the podcast. Thank you and good night. Take care. Bye for now. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.